Hi, and welcome to Ticketbud Tidbits. I'm Sean Burke, Director of Marketing here at Ticketbud. Today on the podcast, we have Cindy Lowe, owner and top event strategist at Red Velvet Events. Cindy, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Sean, for having me. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, Cindy, I thought we'd just get right into the questions. Um, first thing I wanted to ask was, you started out coding in the tech industry. Um, what led you to want to run an events company? So it was sort of an accident. Um, I had been in tech for about five years. And when I was choosing to pivot and leave, uh, several people had suggested to me to consider uh, possibly doing um, something more in the meetings and events side. And when uh, the opportunity came and I started to interview, the problem that I encountered was that actually people uh, didn't um, necessarily see that I was qualified because I didn't have the formal experience. So what what then led to happen is that uh, since I got rejected, I was like, well, that seems kind of odd. I, I was like, I need to, you know, I need to do something about it. So I started Red Velvet Events 15 years ago thinking that I was only going to be running it for a year and I was going to reapply for these jobs that rejected me. And as you can see, since we're talking now, <laughs> I never closed it down. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I would definitely say that that's probably what you'd call a happy accident in a way. Uh, very much so. In fact, I'm uh, writing a book and they... That is the term I actually coined. I said, yeah, it's a very happy accident. <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. Well, I'm glad that we we're on the same wavelength there. So, yeah. Um, and when you started running it, did you find that you had to acquire a whole new skill set? I mean, was there anything that transferred over? So what's funny is that I saw one of your questions was like, you know, what, what did you feel that was a benefit? And I actually think coming from the tech side and coming with my business background, it was a huge benefit uh, to starting RVE. Uh, because I really approached the industry from a logistics and a technology application point of view. Mm -hmm. So from the get-go, processes, uh, software tools, all of those were very important. And uh, choosing them and and deciding which ones we would keep and how to run the company um, actually is what I think sets us apart. Nice. That's cool. So you'd say, yeah, so technology and logistics are definitely the competitive advantages and why your clients come to you instead of, you know, say, another competitor. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're really trying to instill that still in our culture 15 years now and, and constantly reinventing and making sure we're using the latest technology so that it it's, uh, makes us more efficient. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so, speak, so going a little bit more into culture, um, you have multiple event planners on the RVE team. How do you best coordinate with everyone? And, uh, I mean, is there a typical day in an event planner's life? <laughs> yeah. So we do. We, we now have grown to a size where we're 25 full-time employees. So we have about half the team is actually working on um, the actual events themselves. And then the other half, it's divided between our operations, which is uh, referring to our backup house, uh, such as bookkeeping, office manager, even hiring, uh, to the um, sales and creative team. Um, as far as a typical day, I would say depending on what your role is, there probably is a, is a quote-unquote typical day, but for me, myself, as the owner, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a little bit full. Um, definitely, I start my mornings early. I, uh, I get, tend to be a morning person, and I usually will start my meetings, like for example, this morning, my first meeting started at 7.30 in the morning, and then I usually typically go until about 5, um, and usually it's back-to-back meetings, and some of those meetings can be internal meetings, sales meetings, or even vendor meetings. Um, the ultimate goal is, of course, is to 
be able to design and produce um, creative events that clients, you know, come back to us uh, as a resource. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, so when you first started running Red Velvet events, going back a little bit, um, what were the biggest challenges? I mean, again, you didn't have a lot of experience in that industry. Yeah. Um, how did you first start that out? And then from there, how did you scale it to now you have 25, you know, full-time employees? That's impressive. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, no, definitely. Um, along the way we've had challenges, you know, throughout, I would say for sure the uh, first set of challenges is when you are starting out, like for example, myself, it was just me. I didn't know the industry. So I literally went to every networking event. I went to every, um, possible, uh, uh, city to, to, just to learn from people. I, I wanted to really get into it and, and just almost like live and breathe it. Now, the challenge back then is that there wasn't really any social media. There was Google. I mean, or no, I'm sorry. There was no Google. There was the internet, but there was no, there was nothing like Pinterest or web blogs or any of that kind of stuff. So, so going out there and kind of seeking it through uh, face-to-face meetings and reaching out to people that have been in the industry, I really just needed to kind of, you know, absorb it and get to know it. So then the next big challenge was when I realized I needed, you know, help. I couldn't just do this on my own. So being able to figure out how to um, actually um, hire people, that was a huge challenge. In fact, I still, to this day, even though we have 25 amazing full-time employees, that um, learning how to hire the right individuals is so key, and that is what makes uh, the team different. And then, of course, as you're growing, um, the other challenge that any business owner has is cash flow. Uh, figuring out, you know, what, how big do you want to be? Do you want to, do you want to be, you know, a billion dollar business? Do you want to be a ten million dollar business? You know, it's like, what, where is it? That, what is your your ultimate passion and goal? So along the way, we've definitely had our fair share of challenges. But you know, at the end of the day, I am so grateful for being in this industry that I I welcome the challenges. <laughs> oh, definitely like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think as an event planner, if you're not familiar with challenges, I don't know if you're doing anything right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I, one question I did want to ask is, so you, you're talking about hiring the right employees, and, you know, every company has its culture, you know, like Zappos really has this, like, you know, customer-oriented yep. culture. Like, how do you choose the right employees for, like, RVE? What's your sort of, like, goal for the right employee so I always tell people culture over even skills because if you don't fit into our culture, you're going to be miserable coming into work, and we don't want that. We're, I mean, think about it. We're doing events. This is a fun, fun environment. Yes, very stressful, but it's a fun, fun industry. Um, so when we're looking for the right and ideal employee, it's one that works hard, uh, understands that we are there to please the client, um, very much a service attitude, uh, creative, of course, detail-oriented, loves technology because, after all, I'm very uh, tech-oriented uh, and I'm always looking for ways to better improve our our delivery. And someone that has a little bit of willing to take a risk because the thing that, you know, why people choose us, I would think, over our competitors is that we really do enjoy uh, thinking outside the box. I hate to sound so cliche, but even turning something that, you know, is usually pretty familiar on its you know, side and saying, can we do it a little bit better and do it a little bit different so that the user experience is so memorable that that's why they keep coming back to us. Mm-hmm. So, so I would say that's what we what we are encompass a company culture. And of course, we love to play together as well. So, work hard, play hard is very much our motto. That's good. I mean, that's a good motto to have. Um, 
So switching gears slightly, so I'm sure you mentioned that you have sales. Um, how important for RVE is social media marketing and how do, how do you handle you know, the marketing efforts for RVE? Great question. So believe it or not, we actually do all of our social media in-house. Um, we ever, occasionally from time to time do hire a professional PR firm that will help spread a press, you know, help a, a share a press release. But overall, our marketing efforts are actually led internally from our, between myself and our creative and uh, sales business development team. Uh, but I am a huge proponent of social media. Um, one, it is affordable. So if you are starting out and you have no budget, uh, you should be totally using this to your advantage. Second, it is a great way for uh, someone to authentically get to know you as a company and hopefully as an owner. So it's so important to, to put yourself out there and, and share what, you know, what you're passionate about and what it is that you're doing. Um, because a lot of times, you know, you don't, if you don't promote what you're doing, people don't know what it is. and They may have kind of you know, um, stereotyped you down one path. So we use our social media to kind of share and highlight our work culture and also our, our wonderful team. And then occasionally we will share our events itself. The reason why we can't share all of them is because we do work with a lot of corporate clients and they are we do sign a confidentiality agreement. Mm, that makes sense. And yeah. Cindy, I'm really glad that you touched on the point of um, using all your social media marketing in-house. That's something I'm also a huge proponent of. I think any event planner, actually just any business Ideally, yeah. nowadays, all your online marketing should be in-house because with contractors, a lot of times they don't understand the culture and it can be kind yeah. of a cut and paste job. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely big on that and that sounds like a really, um, sounds like you definitely have your good head on your shoulders there. Um, anyway, uh, one thing I wanted to ask is, you know, you're big into tech. You know, everyone is, yeah. everyone is currently raving about VR you know, virtual reality, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, you're, you're on the cutting edge. I was wondering, is there anything else that you see on the horizon that could be really big? Um, maybe you're already using it. Maybe it's not fully fledged there, but you could see it being like really big. Yeah. So I think virtual reality is a real thing. Um, I think what it may be hindering you from seeing it at like a ton of events is the cost right now because it's still pretty high. Mm -hmm. However, I think, uh, with augmented reality, I think it is going to be uh, the next kind of wave of, of things. I'm not going to say it's just a fad. I think it's, it's, it's an evolution of how we, we use technology. So, for example, think, let's just take the simple photo booth, okay? Photo booths have been ha around, what, the 60s, right? You, you have the old-fashioned mm -hmm. photo booth where you go in, take your photo with friends, and it prints out a, uh, you know, three or four photos on a, on a piece of paper, and you keep it and forever, and, and that, was, that was very popular. Then... It was the green screen, if, I were, if I'm thinking of the order correctly. Mm -hmm. Then from there, uh, we have now the, the different interactive photo booths, which like include the, the animated GIFs uh, or GIFs, depending on who's, uh, how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know the, the, the long debate on that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, so, and so what I'm thinking is that augmented reality and virtual reality are just going into that space right now. Um, I think the lower the price point becomes, the more accessible it becomes. And so I think that's why the popularity will be there. Um, as far as what's the next big trend, um, I think people are still wanting to, again, be interactive, meaning I want to be given something to do, try it out, and then share it all over social media and show all my friends how cool I am. So so the sky's the limit. I don't have one exact 
example of you know what it might be. But I did recently get introduced to a company, which I'd rather not give them promotions because I'm not That's paid fine. for, but, and I haven't used them. But what it was cool was that you could see the augmented reality in the sky. Ooh. So basically, picture like you know you're 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 doing a big festival event, and you encourage them to take a selfie, and then when you take a selfie, and lo and behold, behind them, the the the, the branding shows up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how does that work? I mean, and it's really, it's all technology. It's basically, you know, pushing it through the app and encouraging them to do it that way. And it's like a filter. So, and I was just like, but genius that they were using, you know, geolocation, uh, augmented reality, and, and the, the, just the basic photo booth concept and the love of that all rolled into one to make a new interactive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And I actually do like how you mentioned it's basically the evolution of the photo booth because that totally makes sense to me. Uh, when you think about it like that. Um, yeah, so. And, and also as a side note, I think I, from what I remember reading, so the creator, he, he said that it's pronounced GIF, but I, I think for me it'll always be GIF. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I like to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I, I'll still always say, I'll always say GIF. I don't know. I guess it's just too ingrained at that point. Um, but anyway, so thank you, Cindy, so much. Uh, I mean, we'll just end off with one parting question. And I, I was uh-huh. just curious, like, do you have a favorite event that you've planned or organized? <laughs> and why, And like, what? why was that your favorite event? You know, now that we've had so many under our belts, it's been very hard to pick one. Uh-huh. But I can tell you a type of an event, and then I'll give you an example of it. That sounds good. So the type of an event that I love is when, I, when it is very difficult, meaning if there's challenges, um, whether it be timeline or the, the creative solutions are, are you know, unheard of. And, and, you know, the client's like, I really want this. Make it happen. And I have two examples um, that I can think of. But what, the one that probably stands out the most is we have uh, ACL, which is Austin City Limits Music Festival here in town. Mm-hmm. And a client of ours, and so uh, the, that year, it was the first year to have it two weekends in a row. And uh, Lionel Richie was the headline act. Well, the second weekend, unfortunately, it was raining cats and dogs. And so yep. the producers of ACL, which is not us, it's another firm, a really large festival promoter, they had to call the, you know, and cancel the event because they were like, you know, for safety reasons, we can't have the event. And my client, of course, caught wind of this and was like, I want Lionel Richie in my living room. Wow. Now, anyone that knows how, how this works, you know, the festival promoters that have hired Lionel, they have full right refusal to keep Lionel. Lionel does not have to do anything, you know, you know, yes, he's in town, but he doesn't have to do anything. He can fly back to L.A. and, you know, call it a day. But my client, of course, had all the faith in me, and she's like, make it happen. And I'm like, whoa, is this a test? And keep in mind, the concert was only canceled that morning, so she wanted it that night at her house. So all the logistics, all the, even just even getting him confirmed, I mean, all of that had to go into play in less than 12 hours of pulling it off. And the good news is, I'll fast forward, we, we managed to pull it off, but it was not easy, and it definitely took a took a crew to do it but those are kind of the things that stand out in my mind that I as I look back I'm like wow who would have ever known when I graduated from business school you know almost 20 years ago that this is what I would be doing <laughs> but I love it I love the logistics I love the challenge and I love I love a good um, I love a, a good problem to solve <laughs> no that that's a really cool story and I do remember that year I think auditorium shores was like completely underwater so yeah yes. there's no way yeah <laughs> there's no way yes. unless you had a snorkel you could work, you could pull that off Awesome. Well, that's a really cool story, and I think that's a really good, you know, touchstone for RV yeah. in general. 
Um, so thank you so much, Cindy, for coming onto the show. Uh, we'll have another show next week. So thanks again, Cindy. Fantastic. Thank you so much, and I appreciate it. And uh, be sure to follow me on Red Velvet Events, or Red Velvet Events on the uh, Twitter, and I'll, I'll retweet it. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. And we'll also, you know, we'll also you know, promote it on Facebook as well. You know, get all the social media channels in there. Let's use a little bit of what we learned today. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, great thank day. you as well, Cindy. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.